Welcome to Boys of Summer. I'm your host, Paul Arnold. I'm joined once again by Gene Gums and Eric Braun. And this is your basic no-nonsense baseball podcast. We're going to talk about the playoffs and the passing of Bob Gibson. Occasionally, we've been known to throw a few zingers in there, have a few hot takes, but not like you see on TV. Much more insightful, entertaining, filled with wisdom. Right, Gene? I'm loaded with, I am Mr. Wisdom, so let's go. <laughs> you are grizzled. I don't know if I, you're grizzled I am, wisdom. I am, I'm a wise something. Just to, we don't need to, my, my wife calls me a wise something all the time. So. I can fill in that blank. I think Eric can <laughs> yeah, fill I'm that Yeah, I'm sure. Blank. Many can, yes. Yeah. Sure. I think also Eric's been known to be called a smart you-know-what a few years. Yeah, <laughs> that has uh, happened. It's, it's true. Yeah. All right, so we're going to start. Baseball has been rolling like crazy. Boy, if you didn't get enough baseball this week, something's wrong with you. It's been on all the time. Uh, granted, the fans are not there, but the players have been playing hard. And the first matchup we're going to talk about, I might as well get it out of the way because I know Gene just loves the Yankees. It's the Tampa Bay uh, team against the Yankees. And believe it or not, folks, Tampa Bay is favored, according to ESPN. They're supposed to win 54 percent that they're more likely to win based on their better pitching and I don't know what else. Gene, do you well, buy that? Yeah, they. The, well, the Rays own the Yankees this year. I mean, absolutely owned them. I want to say they won eight out of ten from the Yankees this year. Uh, so I, I, I completely believe it. I think that their starting pitching matches up other than Garrett Cole. And you could make the case that with Snell coming around or with Glasnow that they can match up with Cole. But after that, when you've got either Glasnow or uh, or Snell or Charlie Morton, I like those guys against Masahiro Tanaka and Jay Happ any day of the week. Uh, so absolutely, I think the I think the race. I think this is great. By the way, before <laughs> we get into the whole thing, well, not just that the Yankees aren't favored, but look at these matchups that we got. They're all blood feuds. It's the Yankees and the Rays. I mean, they had they had benches clearing incidents this year because the Rays were throwing at the Yankees. The Yankees were chirping all the time, so they've had the benches empty several times. We've got the A's and the Astros. So Mike Fires gets to go against the team that he ratted on. Right. That's going to be fun. We've got two teams from Southern California in the Dodgers and the Padres. Yep. And then the Marlins and the Braves. I mean, it's all divisional matchups. This is, I mean, this is as good as it gets. You couldn't have scripted this any better. Conspiracy, so, uh, conspiracy. Well, I smell a conspiracy. I don't know about that, but what I do know that uh, the Rays can beat the Yankees. And I tell you what, and having it not in Yankee Stadium makes a big difference. The Yankees love to hit home runs, but they play in a bandbox in Yankee Stadium. They're not going to be in Yankee Stadium. That's going to be a problem for them. It's not going to be as easy for them to hit home runs. No fans reaching over helping home runs this year. <laughs> well, it's not even that. It's just you know when when you you know when you look at the ballpark in right field in Yankee Stadium, little leaguers can hit it out of there. <laughs> You know, so they've got right-handed hitters, and I know they've got some big, strong right-handers, but they go the opposite direction. Well, now they're moving into a pitcher-friendly park in Petco. That is not an easy place to hit home run, despite how many home runs the Padres hit there this year. That's not an easy ballpark to hit, hit it out of. So I like the Rays' chances a lot because I think they play small ball better, and I think they've got a better chance, to, a, a better pitching staff, uh, at least a better starting pitching staff. Right. I did look up that Garrett Cole has struggled since being with the Yankees. He's got an ERA of 4.35. I think that's 
easy to see coming when you go from National League to American League. Eric, how do you see this matchup? Yeah, I mean, I think Tampa Bay has been, I mean, maybe the best team in the AL. I mean, they've, uh, I don't, I don't, I, I would be surprised if they don't go to the series. So, um, yeah, yeah, I definitely see Tampa Bay on this one going away. Yeah, and you know when you when you mentioned Garrett Cole and the fact that he has struggled, uh, uh, he has he struggled early. He has not struggled lately. Uh, he has been really, really good. His last four or five outings, he's been exactly what they thought they were getting. Uh, so I don't know that uh, I don't think I would take that too far. I think Garrett Cole, if the Yankees are going to win games, Garrett Cole's going to going to have to uh, be the guy that does it because he's not uh, he's 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 turned it around in a hurry. Well, the Houston Astros keep on clicking along without Cole, without Verlander, and you look back at how loaded the Astros were. Um, and it's amazing they didn't beat the Nationals last year in a way. But the Astros, here they are with under the helm of Dusty Baker playing against the Oakland A's, who had a losing record and made the playoffs this year, which just feels so wrong to me. Eric, do you think Mike Fierce is going to cause some more controversy in this game, in this series? I don't, I don't think so. You know, I think, that to me, the, like, the most interesting thing is that they didn't, you know, they, they played the A's several times this year and fears never uh, started. Now they said that that was I'm just purpose. an accident. They no said way. that was an accident. I know. I know. Right. So and I have hair. Be, yeah. Same. Um, so it's, that's, I think that's interesting. Um, so yeah, we'll see what happens, but um, I mean, the Astros I think are, are playing, uh, you know, uh, to prove everybody wrong. I think they're, they're playing like that. Um, so I think there's a, you know, they're, there could be some bad blood, but I think right now I think they're kind of focused on just just winning. So I I, I suspect it'll be pretty calm. They've they've had enough of people throwing at them. I don't think they they have you know are gonna do anything to to fears. And you know, um, he's a pitcher, so <laughs> there's not a whole <laughs> lot they can do except hit the ball. I mean, what are they, what, they they may go up try extra hard to knock one out, but um, you know he's not like he's going to bat. So. Well, Korea's going to be in every game, and he's been yapping a lot, Gene. Do you think he's going to rise to the occasion? No. No? No, I, I actually think Oakland wins the series. Ooh. Yeah, I think Oakland wins the series. I like, I, uh, I think, I think I like Oakland's batting order. Uh, I, I, look, they've had, the, the, the Astros have had a lot of guys that have had down years. You know, and their offense, you know, look, they've still got a lot of names on there, but they did, didn't especially produce this year. What did Jose Altuve hit 219 this year? He had a terrible year. Guriel hit 232. Uh, uh, Carlos Correa hit 260. You know, Springer was uh, Springer had a great year, but he had 265. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, Michael Brantley is the only guy in that lineup that did anything consistently. Bregman hit 240. I mean, offensively. Houston was not a very good team this year. So I like, I like Oakland's chances in this a lot, a lot. And, and matter of fact, I like them so much, I could see them winning this three games to one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I will say that I think um, even though I, you know, uh, I hope the, the Astros win just to have, you know, baseball you know, <laughs> here in Houston. But uh, yeah, I think the A's are the, are the better team. Um, I do think, I do think it, uh, I would, expect it to go um five games but uh yeah i think uh, i think it'll be a good series mm. there'll certainly be storylines to follow 
Oh, there's no question about that. I just want to. I want to know if Bob Melvin's going to throw fires out there. That's what I want to know. Mm. He said he is. He said he oh, is. Oh, so. good. It, I would imagine <laughs> he'll. You know, that's the other part of this is that without having the off days, this is a five game series. So without having the off days, you have to have four starters. You can't. You can't monkey around and just use three guys. You have to have four starters. That's the one thing that 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 they did by. Uh, by, there's not going to be any off days in any of these series until you get to the World Series. And I so, love that. I used to hate so having yeah. all the off days and all the travel days, and everything yep. was so contrived to maximize TV ratings that it just it was too much. Uh, and when I was growing up, the Oakland A's uniform were so classic, and a lot of people loved the way they looked, and they still look pretty classic. Guys, do you like their uniform? Thumbs up, thumbs down? Their new ones? Well, the old ones, the green and white, the yellow, the gold, you know what I'm talking I, about. I, yeah, but I, see, I grew up hating the Oakland Athletics. Because? Uh, because they were good. Because <laughs> yeah, they same. beat your Red Sox. <laughs> you know, and I hated Reggie Jackson. And Raleigh Fingers? And, well, no, I actually like Raleigh Fingers because his mustache was cool. Yeah, very cool. Uh, you know, but I, but I, I did not like a lot of the guys on the Oakland Athletics, so I rooted against them. How about Gene so, Tennis, uh, the catcher? Great guy. Yeah. He almost came to Boston. Mm. If you remember, they uh, they there was a tr- trade made for to Boston, and I want to say it was tennis and was it Raleigh Fingers? There was two guys that were supposed to come to Boston. Boston was basically stealing them from Charlie Finley in Oakland, and the commissioner vetoed the trade. Mm. Did not allow that to go through. I it was, and I want to say it was tennis and and Fingers, mm. or no, or maybe it was Joe. Ru- no, I think it was Joe Rudy. Joe Rudy and tennis. That's what Joe Rudy and tennis. That's what it was. Rudy was but an I, outfielder, I, if I remember right. Yes, but those were some those were some gaudy, gaudy out uh, uniforms they had back. Well, they had the white 70s. shoes, which was so like, what are you doing with white shoes back in those days? <laughs> so, styling, styling, profiling. All right, let's... Charlie Finley, man, he was always trying to do something wild. He was, yeah. You know what? He was like, I think he was like uh, uh, Bill Vex's brother. Brother from another mother. mother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We uh, he he had he kept a mule out in the uh, uh, one of the when the when the A's were in Kansas City, there was a mule that they kept like behind the fence in the outfield or something. (laughs) Yeah, and didn't they? And he wanted to he wanted to use like yellow baseballs. Oh yeah, he's always crazy. He had all these weird things. So was it a mule or a smartass or a dumbass? A mule, Missouri mule, man. Okay, all right. Just had to get that in there just from yeah. our previous conversation there. Yeah. Hey, uh, before we move on, can we just recognize the futility of the Minnesota Twins in the playoffs? <laughs> oh. Wow. 18, Beat them up when they're down, Eric. 18 consecutive playoff losses. It's incredible. What a what a, an amazing record of futility. Yeah, and they thought they had a chance this year because they weren't playing the Yankees. The Yankees have been the yeah, ones that right. had, had been taking them out recently. And, uh, man, I'll tell you what, that just cursed. You know, I have a a friend of mine that uh, is an Oakland Athletics fan. And so he was about ready to kill himself, you know, in the game the other day when they fell behind early. And he's like, boy, they find ways to rip your hearts out. And I just I said to him, I said, hey, it could be worse. You could be a Twins fan. (laughs) Or a Lions fan in football. 18 18 postseason games in a row. That is just unbelievable. Unbelievable. That's it's so incredible. When you guys were growing up, which team ate your team's lunch the most? You know, so the Red Sox and the Royals, which team did you go like, oh no, not again? Like right now, the Cleveland Indians totally have 
the Tigers number. I mean, they can they won for the first time in like in three years against the Indians this year. So for you, Gene, it was who? The Yankees? I guess. You know, I don't know. I mean, it depends on the time. I mean, like in the early 70s, you know, it was probably more the uh, the Orioles. Um, and the, uh, you know, the, the Orioles were a pain in the butt when I was a, when I was a young teenager. Um, you know, and then of course, you know, then the Yankees were always the Yankees when George Steinbrenner took over, because when I was young, the Yankees stunk, you know, which was, I forgot I yearned for those days, but you know, they were terrible. I, I remember how bad they were until Steinbrenner took over and then they became difficult. But, but the Orioles, when I was young, those were the, that was the team I hated to watch the Red Sox play. Mm-hmm. Eric, for you get, was it, uh. Who was it for you? It was the Yankees. Yeah, yeah, the 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 playoffs series in the late seventies where they you know beat us uh, in brutal fashion. <laughs> so that was just uh, yeah yeah Chris Chambliss is uh, you know one of my all time least favorite players. Well, since we're talking about the Yankees, uh, I saw a rumor that the Mets might try to lure Cashman away from the Yankees to be their GM really? president. Gene, any, really? do you have any news on that? Uh, no, I had not. I haven't heard that, and I read the New York media. I, I, I had not heard that. Th- there's no way that the Yankees let that happen. They'll overpay for Cashman not for that not to ha- happen. Um, actually, the latest thing I heard was that the Mets are going to try to get Sandy Alderson back. Huh. Uh, you know, and uh, Sandy's uh, 72, 73 years yeah, I was old. Say, now. how old is he? Yeah. yeah, he's not a young man. And so the latest word is is that the new owner uh, is a big fan of Sandy Alderson and would like to bring him back to the Mets. Mm-hmm. And uh, as the president of baseball operations, which then would make uh, Brody Van Wagenen kind of a uh, uh, irrelevant. So you would think that Brody's days in uh, in the Mets might be over if if Alderson gets there. So we'll we'll see, but that's that's the latest I've heard. I had not heard about them trying to get uh, Cashman. There's no way the Yankees would ever let that happen. Mm-hmm. Here's what I here's what I, but here's yeah here's what I did hear, and I don't even know who it was that suggested. I might have heard this on television the other in one of the games, that the Mets might go hard. I think uh, after Aaron Judge. Can you imagine when he becomes a free agent, a bidding war? Between the Mets and the Yankees over Aaron Judge. Oh, man. <laughs> I, I, uh, I've That's that evil fan, laugh, folks. Hurry. Did you hear that evil laugh? <laughs> <laughs> man, I, you know, I don't know if it would actually happen, but I, and I can't, I want to say it was, it was somebody, I think, on the, uh, on one of the national broadcasts the other night that brought that up. Um, you know, and that may just be trying to stir the pot a little bit, but man, that would be something. And I don't think, I could be wrong, but I don't think Judge is a free agent this year, is he? I don't think so. Yeah. I haven't heard that. Actually, at all. I'm looking. No, he's not. No, he's not even. He's not even eligible to become a free agent for two years. Mm-hmm. But they're already laying the foundation, I guess, that the Mets would would love to get him. Good luck. Yeah. You know, and again, that's that's just like with Cashman. There's no way the Yankees can allow that to happen. Mm-hmm. Well, something that did happen for a transition here is that. Mookie Betts left the Red Sox to go to the Dodgers, and we have the Dodgers versus the Padres. And guys, going forward for the next three years, would you have, rather have Mookie or Fernando Tatis? Uh, Tatis. Oh, I, I think I would, ooh, you know, I don't know. I think I'd rather have Mookie, but that's just because I'm old. And, and why do I say that? 
Tatis, I mean, and look, Tatis is a great talent. I like Mookie Betts better because he's more uh, understated. He just kind of goes out there and does his job, and he gets excited at times. But Tatis is a little over the top for me. But he's a hell of a talent. But you know, and, and 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 yeah, and yeah, he's younger than Mookie. But I'd rather, I personally would rather have Mookie because I like Mookie's defense better. Tatis almost cost the uh, uh, the Padres a game the other night. He almost cost he almost cost them game two with that with an error with a throwing error. He did, yeah. Yeah, you know, but, and, and, but some of his defense was spectacular too. So yeah, uh, well, and some yeah. sometimes he makes sometimes you know what he's a, like a lot of uh, these great shortstops that have great range. Sometimes they get charged with errors that a normal shortstop wouldn't yep. get charged with because they can actually get to the ball. <laughs> right. Yep. That <laughs> right. happens. Yeah. Well, it's you can't nice. go wrong. You, but you know what? You can't go wrong with either one. No. I yeah. Don't no kidding. So. Right. Well, yeah. I I, I got to tell you. So we're you know uh, you know my wife is from St. Louis, so we watched all those games, and man. <laughs> when Tatis got going in game two, I mean, the whole, that whole series just changed. It was the Cardinals were, you know, looking pretty good. Looked like they might be able to pull it off. And man, it just, it's just like a light, uh, you know, switch flipped and they were like a completely different team, you know, then everybody's hitting home runs and playing better defense. And, and just, yeah, I, I was just like, this guy is, <laughs> Amazing. It's, right. it's and well, that was what, a world class, world class well, bat flip too. Yeah, and that's what they. But they've done that all year. They you have. Know? Yeah. I mean, they, yeah. I mean, teams hate to play them because they've just, you know, their offense is ridiculous. I mean, I watched a lot of Padre games this year, so um, you know, unfortunately for them, they're in big trouble in this series. They've got no chance to beat the Dodgers simply yeah. because with no Clevenger and no Denilson Lamette, there, there's no way. They beat the Dodgers with that pitching. Look, they got past St. Louis, but St. Louis has had offensive problems all year. The Dodgers don't have that problem, you know. And you know they got away the other night with throwing nine pitchers in that uh, that shutout. But you're not doing that. Uh, uh, you're not doing that against the Dodgers. So I, I don't think they have any chance just because they're not going to have the pitching. Mm-hmm. And ESPN agrees with you. They have it. The Dodgers. To win 62%, uh, likely that they'll win. Uh, they have the best pitching in baseball right this year for ERA as a pitching staff. And give the Padres credit, that was their first um, playoff series win in 22 years. So they're not the Twins. They're moving forward there. Yeah, good, good for them. Good for them. <laughs> Sorry, I feel, bad for the, I feel bad I think, for their fans. Yeah. Yeah, not, being able to, not being able to see that. Can, yeah, you imagine what, can you imagine what that's stadium would have been like the last two games if there had been fans in there it would have been insane yeah yeah it would be crazy i think that's going to be that may be the most fun series of the the, these four that's just you know there's just going to be a ton of offense i don't see i don't know if i agree with you i i don't know i think that dodger pitching staff is good enough to hold them down good pitching beats good hitting every time and i'll tell you what if i can throw out the the rotation that the Dodgers have, I like their chip. Walker Bueller and Clayton Kershaw, uh, you know, and and I would imagine, you know, May's probably going to get the other start. I, I like their chances of holding the Padres in check. That'll be that'd be something to watch too. It's yeah, but it's going to be it's going to be a fun series. I I can't mm-hmm. wait. I, that's actually the yeah. one I'm looking forward to. That and the Yankee series are the two I'm looking forward to the most. Mm-hmm. And I was listening to talk show radio. I think of CBS Sports, and they were saying. 
if you're the Dodgers manager and you're in the sixth inning going to the seventh inning, would you let Kershaw go out for a seventh inning? Yes or no? What do you think, guys? I think Kershaw has really, you know, so far this postseason, I mean, he's looked pretty amazing. So I, I, I'd let him go. But then again, uh, I'm, I'm kind of dumb in that way. <laughs> I'm an old, but and you know, I wouldn't call it. Dumb. I'm an old school guy, and I'm the same way. I would, I would absolutely send him back out. Absolutely. I hey, look, I love seeing that. Um, you know, this weekend, I loved to see there were managers that stuck with their starting pitchers and let them go deep into games, did, you know, yeah. and there were, there were a couple of times I thought, sure, the starter was coming out and they left them in and they got away with it, you know, and so I, I like that, you know, but that's, you know, but I'm old. Well, maybe because the entire season's been shorter, these pitchers are not as worn out as a typical end of a regular season going into playoffs. So they might be a little fresher. Is that an argument worth making? It's fair. It's yeah. fair because, you know, with the seven-inning doubleheaders that they had this year um, and also the fact that because they had the abbreviated second spring training during the regular season, you didn't see managers let guys go much, in, much past the fifth inning probably for the first half of the season. That changed later in the year, but earlier in the year they were kind of holding these guys down a little bit. So I think that's fair. Mm-hmm. Well, baseball's going into a bubble situation, right, guys? I mean, when the whole world's going crazy now with uh, Cam Newton just being tested positive and our president just got tested positive. And, um, but the Marlins started off the season with a lot of COVID problems, and they came back to make the playoffs, and they're going to play the Atlanta Braves. Um, I don't know about this one. I, I, I'm glad the Marlins made it, but I lived in Atlanta for five years, and I'm going to pull for those good old Braves. What do you think, Eric? You know, I'm going to stick with the Marlins. They, you know, the thing with the Marlins, and I love a good streak, they have never lost a playoff series. So I don't see it stopping now. They've got the, they've got the talent, and it's a weird season, so I'm sticking with them. Mm. Don't say it. <laughs> no, Braves, uh, look, uh, Max Freed. And then those two young kids, Kyle Wright and Ian Anderson, have been very, very good. I mean, Freed was ridiculous in the regular season, and Anderson's been lights out in the playoffs. Um, I, I, and, you know, you look at all those young hitters that Atlanta has. Look, I, I'm taking nothing away from the Marlins, and I love the fact that they, got, they won that series. I think it's the greatest thing. Mattingly is the manager of the year in the National League, hands down. If he does it, there should be an investigation. Um, but I like that Atlanta pitching staff a lot. You know, I really do. You know, and look, Alcantara had a decent year for for Miami. Sisto Sanchez looked pretty good the other night. Uh, I just don't know if they have enough to get past, especially if Starling Marte can't play for Miami. He's got that broken pinky. Now, he's going to have, obviously, some extra days to try to get that better. But, you know, they said he was available the other night, but it was going to be as a pinch runner because he can't swing a bat. And if you have one of your best offensive players can't play, boy, I don't know. I don't know how they get past the Braves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Eric, you said something. You said you love a good streak. And my yes. mind went immediately back when I was a young kid watching the Academy Awards back in like 1974 or something. And somebody streaked across the, <laughs> the stage. Why, why did your mind go there? Because... When I was growing up, that was a big thing in my little town that 
my brother and his friends would go streaking, and I'm sure our audience knows what streaking is. That's running without your clothes in a public area just for the goofball nature of it all. And my brother and his friends were attempting to do it across the town, and and so a good streak, man. There was even a song about streaking back then. So Ray Stevens, yep. yep. Yeah. See, you both know it. Boy, this is an old sure. man podcast, I tell you, folks. <laughs> Ray Stevens is in the Country Music Hall of Fame. Hey, you need to play that on your station here. Come on. I have. I, I have. All right. I Special have. request from Dexter, Michigan, The Street, from Ray <laughs> Stevens. <laughs> uh, Gene, uh, Eric, if you could make a request to Gene, what do you want him to play on oh, God. sportscountry.net? Uh, well, my default answer for that question is always uh, The Cape by uh, Guy Clark, which Ooh. is one of the all-time great songs. Yeah. You know what? I don't even think I have that in my library. Oh, oh really? Oh, that's a, good, that's a good one. I mean, I own it, but I don't know mm. if I have that in my library of stuff on the station. Huh? I, I'm writing that down because I'm going to check. I'm, I, okay. I, actually, I actually don't think I do. Oh, wow. Yeah, Guy, you know, he's... It's uh, a great song. It yeah. is a great song, yeah. And then this week in country music, uh, I forget his name, Mac. Um, died, what was it? Mac Guy, Davis. Mac Davis Mac died. Mac Davis. It's hard yeah. to be humble. I think he wrote that song. Yeah, he? yeah. He also, but he wrote in the ghetto for Elvis Presley, which nice. was the number one hit. He wrote uh, uh, a little less satisfaction. Ooh, really? Which which, which, which was the number one hit for Elvis. That was a good that was song. One of my favorite Elvis songs. Yeah. Yeah. He wrote he wrote three songs for Elvis that went to number one. And then, of course, he had his own uh, TV show back in the mid '70s. I remember and, that. Yeah, he's. Uh, yeah, it's been a tough year for country music. We lost Mac Davis. We lost Charlie Daniels. We lost Kenny Rogers. Mm-hmm. Uh, we lost Joe Diffie. Uh, so we lost uh, Jan Howard. We've lost a lot of great people this yeah. year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Matter of fact, I'm going to be doing a shameless plug. I'm actually going to be doing a retrospective at the end of the year oh. of uh, all, all the people we've lost in country music. It's going to be a two-hour show that I'm in the process of putting together now with some uh, biographical information on all of them. And I'm going to play some of their music and tell some stories about them. And uh, so that'll be coming up uh, at the end of the year. Oh. And, and I'm hoping I, – I think I've got 25 people on the list right now. I hope we don't have too many more before the end of the year, but you yeah, never know. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah, the way this year's going. Are, yeah. So do you consider John Prine country music? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, he's, yeah, so that was that was. Yeah, I had forgotten about him. Oh, he was. I love him. Yeah, yeah I love him. One of my all-time I, favorites. Guy Clark yeah. and and John Prine are my probably all two all-time favorite singer-songwriters. Two John Prine songs before he died, and then after he died, I started listening to the other ones, and I was amazed his yeah. ability to write lyrics and tell a story and his voice. That was all great. Well, this week we also had sad news that Bob Gibson died at the age of eighty-four. And um, one of my early memories I've already led to is that 1968, I was a Tigers fan and watching the Tigers on TV. And the very first game of the World Series, I didn't remember this until recently. I remember the Tigers lost, but um, Gibson came out and threw 17 strikeouts. And Al Kaling later said it was one of the most fearsome uh, pitching performances he's ever seen. And Bob Costas was quoted this week as saying, Fearsome was like the perfect word to describe Bob Gibson. And Bob Costas said he went over to his house. He was friends with him. And first he was really intimidated by him. And then he realized that Bob Gibson just was really smart and really yeah. intense and wasn't a mean guy, but he was just all the, one of the most competitive people he had ever seen. Um, Hank Aaron once told a young Dusty Baker 
don't dig in when you get into the batter's box. <laughs> You've heard the story. It gets Bob Gibson. Yep. He, yep. Said, he says, why? He says, Gibson's so mean, he knocked down his own grandmother if he, she dared to challenge him. Um, <laughs> and then the ultimate story of Gibson is sort of a weird story, and uh, Costas told this on MLB Network this week, that Gibson, in his last year of pitching, he was 40 years old, and the manager wanted to leave him in so he could get the side out on his own. It was 1975. He was pitching with the bases loaded against a guy named Pete Lecoq. And he threw the ball, and they hit a grand slam off of him. And that was not the way that Gibson wanted to go out. So 10 years later, there's an old-timers game. And Gibson's out there, and up comes Pete Lecoq. Guess what he does? He beams him. him. He hits him. (laughs) And he told, and Costas asked him later, he said, Bob, you know, it was an old-timers game, you know. And he said, hey, Robert, the scales must be balanced no matter how long it takes. And then later, <laughs> Costas talked to Pete Lecoq and said That's he funny. was so honored that um, Pete, that Bob Gibson pegged him that day. You know, that he just That thought. is funny. So another little tidbit, Bob Costas said that here he went to visit uh, Bob Gibson his home in Omaha, Nebraska. And... He went in, I guess it was his basement, and there was this huge train set. He says the most fantastic train set you can imagine with all this incredible detail. And so once again, that intensity. And um, Bob Gibson, folks, if you have not seen uh, him pitch and see him as an athlete, he even homered twice in the World Series. Um, so And even in 1964, he won on two days rest to beat the Yankees. So... I mean, just a phenomenal athlete. I'm trying to think, who could he be compared to today with that much talent and competitiveness? Mm. Mm. Roger Clemens. I think that's close. I do think yeah. that's close. Yeah. I, I. By the way, just a quick, quick side note. You know, Pete, Pete Lecoq, you know who his father is? I do, but that's because he played for the Royals. Yeah, Pete. Peter Marshall, the former host of Hollywood Squares, really is, is yep. Pete Lecoq's father. That's correct. So Peter Marshall didn't want to use that name in in. Uh... <laughs> Wonder why? Yeah. <laughs> in, <laughs> in baseball, it's a good name. In yeah. Hollywood, not so good. Yeah, yeah, that's so great. Yeah, I, you know, I, you have to think of somebody. You know, you know who else could be a close? Uh, a close would be somebody like Justin Verlander. Mm. You know, because they got that bulldog mentality. Uh, maybe even Pedro, somebody who's not a th- afraid to throw inside. Matter of fact, will throw inside if you're crowding the plate. Um, you know, it's, it's got to be because you got to have an edge to be somebody like him. You have to have an edge. You know, the earlier version of Bob Gibson was probably Don Drysdale. Mm-hmm. You know, another one of those guys where you did not dig in. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, he was one of my earliest memories of baseball, unfortunately. Not in a good way, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because he was, you know, one of my, against my Red Sox. I was seven years old, the 1967 Impossible Dream Team for the Red Sox went up against the St. Louis Cardinals. Bob Gibson won three games in that series. He won games one, four, and seven. He threw 27 innings. He threw three complete games. Mm. Holy cow! Only allowed 14 hits. Mm. That's amazing. And three earned runs in three games. And by the way, hit a home run in Game Seven that that uh, that, <laughs> right. that helped help put the nail in the coffin. So he was one of my first memories of baseball was watching him on an old black and white television in 1967. Mm-hmm. Uh, Max Scherzer might be 
Yeah. Uh, yeah, Scherzer so would be another one. Yeah. yeah. Yep. He's a little salty. Yeah. But that's the you know, but that's the key with with Gibson because you know you just you have to have that edge, you know. And Bob Gibson, by the way, is responsible for the change in or or partially responsible for the change in baseball of changing the pitching mound. Make it uh, after after he had that one point one two ERA back <laughs> right. in nineteen sixty eight. Lower they lowered the pitching mound. Yeah. Because oh by the way yeah they did that and he followed it up with a two point one eight the next year but <laughs> but having said that but that was the year sixty eight was the year of the pitcher everybody yeah. was pitching but he was ridiculous one point one in by the way in three hundred and four innings a one point one two ERA grief. guys don't pitch two hundred innings now You're right and, right that's and, a good year that's a yeah. big year for somebody now one point one two in three hundred innings that is absolutely ridiculous. He's got to be a top ten pitcher of all time in my book. Oh, he maybe maybe higher than that. Yeah, I would he say might be maybe a, top, five. top five. He's, he's one of the greatest. Uh, he's one of probably the greatest righties of all time. Mm-hmm. No, no question. Yeah, no question. I mean, there's a seventeen year career, two hundred fifty one wins, uh, and a career ERA of two point nine. I uh, mm-hmm. just. You know, that's crazy. Yeah. yeah. And it, and his walks and hits to innings pitch for his career was one point one eight, you know, crazy. and that was only and that went up because his last two years, he got hit around a little bit. I mean, in 1974, uh, you know, his his whip was like one point four, you know, and then his last year, it was it was really bad, you know, when he was at the end of his career. But, uh, you know, just yeah, I think he's probably top five all time. Right. Right. Boy, what a tough year for the Cardinals. I mean, they lost Lou Brock, too. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah so they, they lost Brock and, and Gibson all within about a month. All right. Well, guys, we're going to about wrap it up. I'm going to ask you guys to give your prediction who's going to win it all. And you have the free, freedom to spend two minutes on whatever or a minute on whatever you want to talk about that's of interest to you in sports. So we'll start with Gene. Uh, who's going to win it all? Yep. Oh, boy. Uh, I am going to go with the, 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 it's the simple pick. It's going to be the Dodgers. Um, I think we're going to have a Dodger Tampa Bay Ray world series Mm. and the Dodgers win it. That's what I think. All right. Sounds good. Um, and, and then you want my, my, my minute on something about sports? Well, uh, I, once in a while I give you freedom. Here you go. That's well, freedom. you know what? There was actually something you were going to uh, – you, you were going to give us something else to talk about, uh, which was yeah. if we could, uh, if we could uh, vote for somebody since the presidential election is coming up. And after the debacle, the embarrassing <laughs> – Wait a second. I got to interrupt you. No, wait. 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 I got to stop you. Hey, hey, hey. Okay. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, I'm no. interrupting like they did on the – I mean, it was that was embarrassing to watch. It was brutal. Uh, yeah, but uh, so you asked who who could I vote for as in, yes. in baseball? Yeah, and I only one one name came straight to mind. Mm. Terry Francona. Wow. Terry Francona for president. Uh, Terry Francona is a guy that I, I met a couple of times back when I worked for Major League Baseball at Fenway Park. Uh, one of the nicest guys I ever met. He's got a sense of humor. He's smarter than hell. Terry Francona for president. Nice. I like it. Very good. Over to you, Eric. Okay, thanks. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, I think you have to go with the Dodgers to, to win it all. You know, until somebody beats them, 
you know, the way they've played this year, they're they're the tops. I think I'm going to say the A's are going to go to the series based on nothing other than Gene and I haven't seen eye to eye on much this this episode. <laughs> so, and most of my picks have been bad. Mostly, we'll see. Um, I still think the Marlins streak might go, but you know, I'll I'll, I'll hold my fire. Um, but anyway, yeah, Dodgers are 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 just a, a class above everybody else this year. Hey, by the uh, way, you still watching the Tour de France? Uh, no, the Tour de France is over. It is <laughs> I know. That's, a, I, that's, that's why I asked because it went on like ever. <laughs> it could it could keep going for all I care. <laughs> but yeah, no, the the Giro d'Italia is next in November, so I'll keep keep you guys up to date on that. Thanks. I can't wait. I know you can't. <laughs> um, speaking of long and boring things that you might want to watch, um, uh, actually, so this isn't really boring. Uh, uh, one of my f- absolute favorite uh, endurance long distance runners is this guy, Ricky Gates. And Ricky, um, I think it was 2017, he got a little uh, frustrated and trying to figure out what was going on with the country after the Trump election. He's a, he's a bit of a lefty and, uh, just decided, you know, to, to run all the way across America. So he started in South Carolina, finished in San Francisco. He lives in Oakland. Um, so he, uh, he ran 3,700 miles from, from shore to shore, just, just so he could meet people and talk to people. So it wasn't fast. It wasn't fast. He stopped and and just, you know, kind of was trying to figure out America and met a lot of people. And it's I think it's a really good story. It's available on YouTube. Um, uh, you can just search Transamericana with Ricky right. Gates. It's on. Uh, yeah. On Solomon TV. It's about an hour and 15 minutes. So it's it's a feature length film. He's also got a book. Um, but Ricky's just a real interesting guy. I mean, he's, um, you know, uh, just very thoughtful. And, you know, he just kind of wanted to figure everything out. So I think it's well worth a watch. Did he figure everything out? Uh, he figured a lot of things out. I didn't, maybe not everything, but Don't enough spoil for him. it for me. Don't spoil yeah, it Yeah, I won't. I won't. Okay. You know, I mean, that, see, I couldn't do that unless there's a lot of people between my recliner and the refrigerator. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to meet a lot of people when I'm running because yeah. that's about the only place I'm running to. <laughs> good. Yeah, yeah, that's, it's, it's, I mean, he, he he pushes the limits in this, even though he didn't. Yeah, I think he said he was trying to run basically a marathon every day, um, which wow. probably would have taken that would have taken him a long time, even probably even longer than it than it did. Um, you know, thirty seven hundred miles at twenty six miles a day. It's going to take a while. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was it's uh, it's a really interesting movie and uh, thoughtful and, and gives you some hope for the country. Mm-hmm. We need that. We do yeah. need that. Um, you know the country the way it is i agree with you guys about the uh debate and i'm hoping for some some wake-up call that we need to change direction with the way we treat each other and uh, i pray that the president's going to recover and that some humility on both sides may be shown in the future and baseball is coming at a great time for me i think it's a great time to be wrapped up in some fun baseball and football is good too, but what I keep on telling my wife is everybody thinks they're out smarter than COVID, and it keeps on biting them. If there's a certain yeah. point where you just know it's scientifically proven that it's going to affect so many people, and you got to be smart. So my wish up for everybody out there is watch baseball, enjoy, keep on being smart. Uh, I think we're in this for the long haul. Next year, I think we're in better shape. Hey, aren't we blessed right now to have sports? I mean, a couple of months ago, we were really struggling, and 
we're enjoying baseball and the story. So I encourage you to call that buddy up who you used to watch baseball with or play softball with or baseball and just go through those old stories. And I tell you, it's good therapy and baseball can provide it. So for Gene Gums and Eric Braun, this is Paul Arnold. Let's play too.